Football Friday Night on Power 105, WXTQ Athens. Time for Football Friday Night Post Game on Power 105. The Football Friday Night Post Game Show is brought to you by Atomic Credit Union, Minuteman Press, Wendy's, Airline Church of Christ, Donato's, and Steve Abdella of Auto Exchange. Now, here's your host, Michael Roth. Friday night, another week in the books of high school football. I'm Michael Roth. I will be with you for the next two hours as we go over all of the high school football action. Week seven, Ohio high school football. lot to get to in Southeast Ohio. Right here on WXTQ, you heard the Eastern Eagles defeat the Trimble Tomcats 27 to 14. Eastern continues their impressive season. They get a key victory in the TVC Hawking, send Trimble down to 1 and 6. Tomcats started the year 0 and 5, showed some grit near the end of their non-conference schedule. Close loss to Cincinnati Woodward, probably the highlight of the Tomcats 0-5 non-conference schedule. They opened up conference play with a small victory over Southern. Needed a touchdown late. And then tonight, Eastern gets it done. And it looks like Eastern and Waterford are the top two teams in the TVC Hawking. As the rest of the scores in the TVC Hawking, once again, Eastern over Trimble, 27-14. Eastern now 5-2. and two. They already have a loss in conference play. That was to Waterford. Waterford all over South Gallia. Tonight, as uh, Waterford gets the victory in that one, 47 to nothing. And then in the other TVC Hawking Conference game, Southern 50 to nothing over Belpre. So, two of the three TVC Hawking Conference games are shutouts as Waterford and Southern get the wins. Eastern, big win over Trimble in the Athens County game of the week. As that's big for Eastern. If you look ahead, looks like they're the second best team in the TVC Hawking. Looks like they're going to be a top four to five seed in Division 7 Region 27. And for Trimble... You want to win out, but that Waterford game's looking mighty tough. Not sure if three and seven would be enough to make it to the playoffs in Division Six, Region 23. Over on our sister station, WATH, Athens 
remains winless on the season, 48-22 to 22 loss to Megs. Um, we will have voice of the Athens Bulldogs, Cedric Granger, in studio later tonight. I'd expect him around 10-20, 10-30 to break down what he saw from Pomeroy as the Megs Marauders win 48 to 22. This is a Megs team that has put up points so far this season. Megs, 50 to nothing win over Belpre, 61 to 34 loss to Colgrove, but that's still a lot of points. A 34 to 20 victory over River Valley. And tonight, a 48 to 22 victory over the Athens Bulldogs. In other TVC Ohio matchups, Nelsonville York, they dominated. The Buckeyes looking like the class of the TVC, 65 to 6 victory over Wellston last week. Nelsonville York, a little sluggish offensively in the first half, only seven first half points. And then Coach Rusty Richards really unleashed their passing offense, let Makai Williams work, and it was impressive as you saw Makai uh, just have his way in the second half against Megs. And Nelsonville York ended up winning that game 35 to nothing. NY puts up 65 points tonight. And then in the other TVC Ohio Conference game, still says fourth quarter here on score stream. Um, might be playing late into the night. Alexander versus River Valley. Uh, right now it says Alexander 52. River Valley 30 as Alexander obviously had an impressive start to the season. And actually we have a final uh, 66 to 30 Alexander victory. Uh, Jordan Scholl's six touchdown passes on the night. Four of them going to Alex Jeffrey. Uh, Alexander lights up the scoreboard. Seemed like they took out a bit of frustration from last week as we have, it looked like we have a caller. Yes, we do. Um, so we will take this call right now. Hey, you taking phone call yet? Yep. All right, buddy. This is L.R. Ferris with Jimmy Holbert and Don Holbert with Nelsonville TV Cable. We just did the Miller-Grove City Christian game. Miller beat Grove City Christian 24-21. to Twenty-four twenty-one win for over Grove City Christian. Who, who? Because when I read about them in the paper today, they were talking about winning the league. Yeah, you know Grove City. They start off the year uh, three and one. Had the loss to Fairfield Christian Academy, fifty-six to twenty-one. Probably was a bit of a warning sign. And uh, yeah, Miller second victory of the season. Uh, seems like they've been playing pretty good football the past three weeks. Oh, my, my goodness. They played Burn Union about as well as we could have expected last week. And then come up here and play a, a, a league favorite in the uh, 
the leg and then come up here and get this win, and it was just electrifying. The place was packed, good, you know, high school football night, and the Falcons get the victory, and we just can't be more excited. The kids are happy. You know, we don't take a lot of fans with us, but what we did, they were very excited, and I'm glad I was able to get my phone call in tonight and not be in a place where we're going to lose service immediately. But, yeah, man, we got the victory tonight. Logan Dowdy just played one heck of a ball game. Xander Bice ran the ball well. Um, Connor Kaido Connor had a nice job. Uh, what's the number five caught the balls up? Nick Thompson. Nick Thompson was doing great. And then probably going to be, if he's not going to make All-State, uh, you know, honorable mention, uh, Barnhart will be an All-State football player. Paul Barnhart, he's one of the toughest kids around. Yeah, he had almost 20. We think he was close to 20 tackles tonight. Well, big game for him defensively as Miller uh, gets their second victory of the season. Uh, you know, with the 16-team playoffs, um, that second win might put uh, the Falcons in the top 16. Uh, uh, you expecting a uh, late-season playoff push for Miller? We were talking with the coaching staff. You know, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but, yeah, certainly we are. You know, we've got some winnable games coming up, and uh, – I don't think anybody in the world predicted us to win tonight. I just don't think so. And uh, our kids just played great. I'll tell you, our coaching staff, their philosophy tonight, what, how they done things and how they called the game. Luke Richards, our offensive coordinator, was just on fire. He just was he read everything that they had to offer, and it was just a fantastic football game. And I don't want to shift too far away from Miller because I know those are your guys, but uh, next week, Burn Union, Worthington Christian, any predictions um, for the two teams that I think after tonight you would expect to be the top two teams in that division of the MSL? Uh, we're just, we're, we ball in the car, heard you. We said we're all uh, Worthington Christian. Um, who, who do you think is going to win next week, Worthington Christian versus Burn Union? We think Worthington Christian. Got you. Uh, Burn, yeah, you really do. Burn takes a uh, blowout loss. Uh, tonight to Tiffin Calvert. They went up to Northwest Ohio. Well, <coughs> Tiffin Calvert's a pretty good program. You know? Yes, very, it's nice very good program. <laughs> it's nice that they reach out and start playing those teams because that's what gets you through the playoffs at the end of the season, you know, playing good people in the regular season. Mm-hmm, no do doubt. You have a, uh, do you have an Eastern triple score yet? Uh, yeah, it was our Athens County game of the week. Uh, you heard it right here on WXDQ Eastern over Trimble, 27 to 14. Uh, what was it? 20 to 7. 27-14. Okay. 27. Okay, well, listen, uh, we don't want to take up too much time. We're just excited as punch that the Miller Falcons are going to have a nice drive home from Grove City Christian tonight. And we, uh, we're thankful that you have we have you guys at 105.5, doing the ball games and doing the show afterwards. But we think you guys couldn't do it without Don Holbert. Thank you. Thanks for calling in again. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, listen, have a good night, and we'll get it on the radio and start listening to what you all got to offer. All right. Miller with a victory tonight. Second win of the season for the Miller Falcons. Used to be a TVC Hawking. Uh, conference member. Now they are in the MSL. They get the victory over Grove City Christian tonight. 
Um, seems like Burn Union, Worthington Christian, de facto conference title game next week. Uh, Going to be in Sugar Grove, so we'll see if the home field advantage makes a difference for the Rockets. Once again, taking you across the TVC, Athens County Game of the Week that you heard right here on WXTQ, Eastern beats Trimble 27-14. to In other TVC hawking action, two shutouts in the other two TVC hawking games. Waterford, 47-0 over South Gallia, and Southern, 50-0 over Belpre. In the TVC Ohio, you heard on WATH, Megs defeat Athens, 48-22. Nelsonville, York over Wellston, 65-6. Alexander saw Nelsonville, York scored 65 and said, we're going to top you 66 points for the Spartans. They win 66 to 30. And then maybe the biggest news in the TVC tonight, uh, Warren over Vinton County, 20 to 13, as Vinton County quarterback uh, Zeke Mullahan uh, goes down and had to leave the game on a stretcher, not what anybody wants to see. So hopefully Malahan can make a recovery. Not sure about the severity of the injury, um, but Warren over Vinton County, 20 to 13. Uh, again, hoping for a speedy recovery for Zeke Malahan. He's been having a great season for Vinton County. Uh, and the Vikings have a couple crucial games as they gear up for a playoff push once again in T.J. Carper's second season. We got a lot of action to get to tonight. We'll have Carl Blaylock, who is at the Athens County Game of the Week here shortly, breaking down Trimble versus Eastern. A bit later, we'll have Cedric Granger, voice of the Athens Bulldogs breaking down what he saw from Megs 48 to 22 victory over Athens. Bulldogs remain winless on the season. We'll break down some big games in the FAC. A shocker goes into overtime as Chillicothe goes the length of the field in the final minute and sent their game with Miami Trace into overtime. And they win 35-28. to 28. So a stunner in the FAC as Chillicothe. They were down 28-21 to 21 with 2.15 left in or Miami Trace took the lead with 3 minutes and 38 seconds left. Then Chillicothe gives the ball back to Miami Trace. They have the ball 215 left at their own 49 up 7.
Joel Coffey gets the ball back. They got to go 82 yards in 24 seconds. And some big plays by Mason Doughty. Tavion Galloway gets them to the 17. And then Doughty to Trey King, 17-yard touchdown, ties it at 28. And then Doughty finds Miles Lewis, 13-yard touchdown in overtime. And the Chillicothe defense shuts the door. Chillicothe 35, Miami Trace 28. Uh, and other FAC action, a couple blowouts between the other two top teams in the league. It was Washington Courthouse 39-0 over McLean. And the Jackson Ironmen uh, defeated Hillsboro. Uh, final score of that one, 63-7. So FAC has three teams in Division Three, Regional 11, Jackson, Washington Courthouse, and Chillicothe, all in the top six right now. So it'll be very interesting seeing how that conference plays out. Once again, that is the division and region that the Athens Bulldogs are in. But we'll take a short break. When we come back, we will have Carl Blaylock, in studio with us, he'll break down the Athens County game of the week between Trimble and Eastern as the Eagles defeat the Tomcats 27-14. to 14. Trimble drops to 1-6 and six in desperation mode to make the playoffs. You're listening to Football Friday Night on Power 105. Uncle Sam? You just turned 18, right? It's time to register at sss.gov. Excuse me? It only takes a minute, and it makes you eligible for student aid and millions of federal jobs. Plus, well, it's every man's responsibility. What do you say? Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> Here's my quill. Um, I'll just use my phone. SSS.gov, right? Yeah. Be the man. Register with the Selective Service System today at sss.gov. Quality. You hear that word a lot in commercials, but there's one business in town whose quality and prices are unsurpassed. I'm talking about Minuteman Press on Washington Street right next door to the Donkey Cafe. Uptown. You see, Minuteman Press is a hybrid. First, it's a full-service sheet-fed press where they can create great art to meet your needs that the other places are simply unable to do. And they're also a complete copy shop as well. Minuteman Press on Washington between Court and Congress. 593 7393. That's 593 7393. Wendy's new French toast sticks are so delicious, some are saying that they're better than their mom's breakfast. Excuse me. Did you just say Wendy's new French toast sticks are better than my breakfast? Mom, is that you? Answer the question. I said some people are saying that because they're so crispy on the outside and fluffy on the inside and perfect in every way. Uh huh. And what do you think? I think it's time to tell people to choose wisely. Choose Wendy's new sweet and crispy homestyle French toast sticks. That's still not an answer. I participate in U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. When one door closes, Atomic Credit Union is open. Conveniently located on State Street in Athens, we're ready to help with all your financial needs. We offer mortgage and auto loans, credit cards, instant debit cards, online and mobile banking, and so much more. Visit us at 920 East State Street or online at AtomicCU.com. And as Discover the credit union difference. All loans subject to approval. Federally insured by NCUA. Equal housing opportunity lender. This isn't technically overtime, but it's just as fun. Football Friday night on Power 105. Football Friday night 
I'm Michael Roth. With me is Carl Blaylock, who is back from the Athens County Game of the Week, where the Eastern Eagles defeat the Trimble Tomcats for the first time since 2000? First time since 2000. Uh, 2000, they won 34-6, to the Eastern Eagles then. Since then, it's not even been a one-possession game. In fact, I think the closest game that I could find scouting Joe Itell and Max Preps was Let me a... guess the 2020 game? <laughs> no, not the 2020 game. Uh, Why did you laugh like that? It was 75 to 3. No. That's what that's what Max Preps had. Uh, Max Preps got it wrong because uh that game was very competitive in 2020. I'm going to look it up right now on Joe uh, Itell. Yeah, no, it said 75 to 3 on Max Preps. Oh dear. Um Yeah, 10-7 in 2020 Trimble over Eastern. I was wondering about that cuz I remember Eastern had a very solid team in 2020. Yeah, it, I, I don't know what Max Preps was doing for you. Max Preps. Max Preps. What are you doing? Oh my goodness. Because I, yeah, I thought I was like No, I, I guess I literally when you said it wasn't a one score game, I was like, I guess it was like sixteen to six because it's some some two point tomfoolery. Um, because I knew Eastern and um Trimble and Waterford were all close that year. Uh because Eastern Lose to Trimble 10-7, beat Waterford 10-8, and then Trimble uh, beat Waterford 14-0 last year. It looks like we have a caller um, on the line. So before uh, Carl gets to break down the Trimble and Eastern game, we got a caller on the line right here. Uh, Hello, this is uh, Xander Bice from Miller. Hey, hey, what's up, man? So we just won against Grove City Christian 24-21. Yeah, yeah, we had uh, we had some other Miller uh, fans calling earlier tonight, letting uh, letting us know. So uh, a big win for you guys. What was uh, what was the key to the game? Defense, definitely our defense. Our defense and our guy number ten, Cole Barnhart, with seventeen tackles. Seventeen, man. Uh, sounds like he was everywhere defensively. Uh, you know, you guys have had some good performances the last three weeks. Uh, what's been the key to you guys kind of turning the season around after a slow start? Well, we just got to keep moving. And we can't just let the last week keep, like, holding on. And we got to keep improving. Uh, and if you guys get a couple more wins, uh, you guys got a chance to qualify uh, for the playoffs, how um, uh, how, how much of a goal is that for you? That is our main goal. Main goal? Number one goal. Number one goal. Going to you. Nice, nice. Uh, anything else before we let you go? Um, Shout out. Our Tuck. quarterback, number Logan eight, Dowdy. Logan Dowdy. Shout out Tiny Tuck. Smallest timing. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks, guys. <laughs> Have a nice night, buddy. Thanks, you, you too. too. Um, yeah, another Dowdy because uh, Chilcothy's quarterback's last name is Dowdy. So um, interesting. Wouldn't be stunned if they're related, but also could not be Chilcothy Miller, not exactly that's, close to each that's, other. Uh, that's a dry. That's two hours. That'd be uh, a little bit of a rough, uh, rough Thanksgiving trip, I'll tell you what. Uh, but to uh, Tremble Eastern, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, looking back at it, like, albeit this is for Max Prep, so I'm really questioning how many of these were accurate. But a, a lot. Most of them sounded accurate. Besides, uh, when I looked at your list. Yeah. I yeah. I I don't know. That I'm I'm a bit miffed about that now. I'm not using Max Preps again for that. But uh, you know, looking at it, I mean, most of them like these were really not that close games, uh, for the most part, and low scoring. I mean. Eastern, what, they scored 27 points tonight. And the key thing, and I talked with Coach uh, Jackson, Jason Jackson, before the uh, before the game. We were sitting there, we're talking about it, and it, he's talking about how turnovers were important. You know, they lost the last two weeks coming into this. It was because they didn't have any turnovers. Uh, they really didn't get as many turnovers as what they needed. Today they had four turnovers, plus uh, the key – the key moment in this game happened halfway through the second quarter. Tremble is keep is kept it close. The problem with Tremble was the fact that it, it started off with special teams. They dug themselves a little bit of a hole. Uh, first punt of the day, snap's not good. Snap is low, and it ends up in the. Uh, it really ends up in the. Uh, Burba is able to it but he's not able to do anything with it he's wrapped up he tries to punt it away it goes maybe two yards eastern has it you know it, it short field they're able to punch it in for a touchdown and then i think one of the more surprising things i've seen all year from tremble and i was really impressed by this they actually had a solid passing attack today it was on again off again but they hit big plays and one of those big plays was their first touchdown of the day. There was a 90-yard touchdown pass. And it, it was it was Burnett dropped back. He kind of rolled out a little bit, and he had Max Frank in space. He threw the ball about good 30, 40 yards in the air and then just ended up Frank was able to do the rest, ran 90 yards for the touchdown. But unfortunately, they weren't really able to do anything holding the lead. They missed they missed the two-point conversion, so it was just tied at six. And then Eastern was able to get a big play. Uh, they had uh, Hansler, their uh, wing back. They did a wing sweep, kind of a wing counter, where, uh, and this was something that really Trimble's defense really struggled with in the first half, was there was a ton of motion in the backfield. Eastern did a very good job of disguising where they were going to go because there were, you know, three or four people in the backfield and every single one of those people were going a different direction. And they would hand the ball off really early to where there were multiple times you had no clue where the ball went. None. Absolutely no idea until the dust settled because or somebody came out of the pack with it because it was that good a misdirection. Uh, it was really impressive. Honestly, I was impressed by how well Tremble was able to defend it, but this one they were not able to. And uh, you had about an 80-yard pickup on the wing sweep. And then just like the next play, you just had Brady Yonkers, Yonker just walk in three yards on a QB sneak. But the key play in this game was on a punt. Uh, Tremble was able to get a stop. They were going to get good field position uh, on eastern side of the field. You had Tyler Hill. He fielded the ball about the 40-yard line, ran it up to about the eastern 47-yard line, 
when Cam Smith comes in on the tackle, rips the ball out, grabs the ball, runs it. It, it, it was it was a clean fumble. It wasn't it wasn't like anything you would see. It wasn't you know punched the ball out, the ball bounced around a little bit, and then they picked it up. No, Cam Smith went in there, went in on the tackle, grabbed the ball, pulled it out, and ran 53 yards to the house for a touchdown. Uh, that gave Eastern a 20 to six lead going into the half. And really after that, it wasn't much that Tremble could do. They were really stuck passing the ball a lot, which really isn't their game. And they did a decent job doing it. But when you have to pass the ball, it becomes a little bit predictable. Burnett threw three picks in the uh, second half. Eastern was able to turn one of those into a touchdown uh, with 914 to go in the fourth quarter. And then eventually Burdett was able to get one or two big plays and Treble was able to score a touchdown late. But it, it was uh, Eastern did what they needed to do. They got their turnovers, and in the end, that's what won them the game. Points off turnovers. I think Eastern had 21 points or 20 points off turnovers. And, you know, when you win 27-14, that's clearly the difference in the game, and that's what it was. And specifically the two... Special teams miscues were the difference in the game because those directly resulted in 14 points. Otherwise, this is a pretty much a tie game. Yeah, and it seems like uh, special teams miscues have kind of been something that Trimble struggled with all year. Uh, this is what, your third time watching them? Fourth. This is the fourth time we've had Trimble, and yeah, pretty much every single time they've had uh, some sort of struggle, whether it be giving up a big uh, return uh, as it was against Vinton County. Uh, they struggled with uh, fielding the ball against Nelsonville, York. Uh, the, the thing with the second one, though, like the first one, yeah, you got to kind of have a better snap. But the second one, that's just better play by Eastern. It's not anything that really you could do. I mean, it, Cam Smith just came in there and ripped the ball out. And, and that's taught. I mean, that's something that, Coach Jackson talked with me about when we had our pregame interview with him on Wednesday. He sat there and he went, you got to make turnovers. You can't just sit around and wait for them to happen. That can happen. But if you can force turnovers, that's the difference. And that was a forced turnover, really, by Eastern that changed the game. I don't think there's much you could do special teams-wise. I mean, you can preach all you want about keeping two hands on the ball and stuff like that, but... In the end, I'm not even sure how much that matters. He, he, I mean, Cam Smith just plucked it out. That's the only way you can say it. I, I, even if you had two hands on the ball there, eh, you're getting completely crunched between two or three players and somebody reaches in there. There's not much you can do. Yeah, and, um, you know, this is a big shock as Trimble has kind of dominated the TVC Hawking. Obviously, slow start. Uh, non-conference for the Tomcats 0-5, uh, but they figured out a way in the first conference game against Southern. Um, did you think Eastern was a more talented team than Trimble? Like, did you think that they had better guys? Was it, like, about even? Um, how did you think, like, the talent kind of matched up? Because Trimble's had, Trimble's had some very, very talented players uh, in the past four years, plenty of All-State nominees, this year, obviously, a rebuilding year. Um, but what do you think just talent-wise on the field? 
I, I think it was about even. I think I, if I had to give an advantage, I'd give a slight advantage to Eastern. But I, I think part of it was discipline. Um, a lot of it was, and we were sitting uh, in the press box at Eastern. We were right next to, um, we were right next to their coaches. And Eastern, I think, had a little bit of a better game plan coming in, which it was a lot easier because you don't have to worry about uh, four different things going on in the backfield. You pretty much knew Eastern forced Tremble to pass the ball. They had nine in the box, not even eight, nine, nine players in the box for the entirety of the first half for Eastern. And, and I mean, that, that's in the end, you know, you can eventually bring you know eventually eventually they when tremble started going for a wide they they would get out of that but the fact of the matter is it, it was more disciplined tremble had quite a few drives that looked promising and then they stalled out due to penalties or sacks near midfield and that's something that eastern really didn't have eastern when they had the ball they were able to move the ball decently well and they weren't giving up bad penalties, really. I mean, it was that was something with Tremble to where they had quite a few penalties to where it backed up drives, whether it be uh, just a false start or a holding, or they had a uh, – there was one drive actually right before the punt, right before the fumble return for a touchdown on that punt. The drive before that, Tremble drove to about the – Eastern 45 yard line. They had second and five and they ran a good play. It's second and five or no, it was actually first and five. They've got to pick up about one or two yards, but then they had an, uh, an unnecessary roughness after the play, which backed them up 15 yards and they weren't able to recoup those 15 yards. I think they might've gotten a pickup of about 10 maybe, but they still had to punt the ball after that. And, you know, that's a it, it's, it's a dumb penalty. You, you can't have those type of penalties. And penalties like that's really what shot them tonight. So I, I don't think there was that big of a talent difference. I think it was just the opportunistic Eastern defense able to force those turnovers and Tremble wasn't and the penalties for Tremble that really cost them the game. Yeah, Eastern big time victory over the Tremble Tomcats. That was our Athens County Game of the Week. Uh, Carl, you'll be with us for the rest of the show, but when we come back from our break, we will have voice of the Athens Bulldog Cedric Ranger, uh, to talk about another Athens County team that's been struggling this year. The Athens Bulldogs came into tonight winless. Did they get win number one? Uh, you'll find out on the other side of the break. You're listening to Football Friday Night here on Power 105. It is that time of year again. Hunting season is just around the corner. Stop by the Rocky Outdoor Gear Store to see our archery department. We have Matthews, Hoyt, PSE, and 10-point bows. Whether you are looking for an upgrade or just need your bow fixed, our Bowtech will get you ready for the fall. We also have a wide selection of firearms, ammo, boots, and camo. Our hours are 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Sunday. Located at 45 East Canal Street in Nelsonville. See you soon. Are you dreaming of something greater? A college degree, job skills, a rewarding career. The Ohio Army National Guard can help you get the education you need to land the career you've always wanted. The Ohio National Guard Scholarship Program could pay 100% of your college tuition. 
you're eligible for the scholarship as soon as you enlist. Learn more about the many benefits that come with serving in the Ohio Army National Guard. Visit NationalGuard.com today. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard, aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. Since 1963, Donato's was built on three fundamentals. Creating a superior product, hiring great people, and adhering to strong principles that promote goodwill in the community. Stop by East State Street and try out their appetizing pizzas, subs, salads, desserts, and beverages with party sizes available. Donato's only uses the freshest of ingredients with no artificial colors in their food. Eat fresh. Every piece is important. Only at Donato's on East State Street in Athens. As a family member or friend, you may be the first to notice when a veteran you love has been going through changes. Things like withdrawing, drinking more, or increased anger could be a sign of a larger health concern. But help is available. Listen to hundreds of inspiring stories at maketheconnection.net and learn how you can support the veterans in your life. Treatment works. Recovery is possible. It's Football Friday Night on Power 105. Football Friday night here on Power 105. Uh, just heard, I think we're about halfway done with our breakdown of the Athens County game of the week with Carl Blaylock as the Eastern Eagles defeat the Trimble Tomcats 27 to 14. Trimble drops to one and six um, and loses their first TVC Hawking game, I think, since I moved to Athens County, which would have been fall of 2018. I don't think they've lost a conference game since then, um, which is pretty incredible. Uh, but Eastern takes them down. And then another Athens County team that's going through a rebuilding season is the Athens Bulldogs. Voice of the Bulldogs, Cedric Granger here in studio after Megs defends home field, wins 48-22. to Cedric, my first question, uh, how was Megs' offense able to be so explosive tonight? Well, the key guy was Con Lee Burnham, and that last name is just oh so fitting. He's got some electric speed, and he scorched that Athens defense. It seemed like whenever he had a crease, he took it, and it was a track meet, and he did not lose a single race crossing the finish line, which was the goal line, and he was able to not score just one, not two, not three, but four total touchdowns. He had three um, on the ground and then also had a one-handed touchdown catch as well in the third quarter and that was something that really shifted momentum a lot as the game was as close as being a five-point game after Megs went in front 21-0 Athens fought their way back to make it 27-22 uh, but big plays like that from Burnham really put this game away not to mention I can't not mention Megs football 
And if you see Meg's football, you got to know the name Cleveland. And it was Griffin Cleveland this time who had a good game against Athens last year. Nine receptions from f- for 50 yards, receiving passes from his bu- brother, Coulter Cleveland. Now he's the quarterback. He's running the show. And he was able to get a couple of touchdowns on the ground, a la Kansas State style. Quarterback power, power cat, get the fullbacks in there and be able to go right behind the tackles and get into the end zone. He was able to do that a couple times and even had that touchdown down pass as well yeah cleveland a uh, a legacy name in meg's county um for athletes a big victory for the marauders you know they've had some explosive offensive games so far this year uh h- how would you compare their offense to some of the other tvc offenses you've seen go against the athens bulldogs yeah it just has that explosiveness factor it's not as much through a lot of big plays through the air this time it just seemed to be just pure speed in that backfield having that tandem where you have players all spread out they run a nice spread sort of scheme which is a little bit different than what athens had to deal with these last couple of weeks they're able to get receivers way out wide and force creases in the defense where you have speedsters such as Burnham. Of course, you have Cleland, who is a very dynamic ran runner in his own right. He also had a touchdown run of over 30 yards today. Uh, so Burnham was not the only one getting big touchdown runs, which Burnham had a 57-yarder. He had a 60-yarder and a 73-yarder on the day and then cleland had himself a 30 yarder as well so those guys they can get out there they can run they can make people miss in space and their offense really does a great job of generating that space by lining up in a spread formation it forces your defensive backs to make tackles and that can sometimes be a point of detriment where a lot of teams don't have corners and safeties that can be able to make consistent tackles time after time after time and really all they're waiting for is just for the defensive backs to slip up one time whether that means the receivers just get a great block out there and the corner doesn't even touch any of the running backs or the quarterback running the ball or it just comes down to one missed tackle and that's a game over with the type of speed that burnham has he will get down the field and will get down the field quickly for Meg. So it seems to be more of a rushing attack, but of a little bit of a different variety from what you see with Benton County or maybe Logan that Athens is used to. It's more of a shotgun style running attack. Yeah. Uh, Meg's obviously big plays offensively. Uh, this is an Athens defense that has actually fared pretty well the past couple weeks. Uh, what players were kind of standing out even though it was uh, a pretty rough day for the Bulldogs defensively oh it's got to be the senior captain Luke Brandis Uh, again it's really tough this week that Athens will be without um, Brandon Wheatley and Levi Neal they are both out for the season going forward so Brandis and Mike Allgood were the only two seniors that were left for this Athens team and for the green and gold, he really put everything on the line. He led the team in tackles, and he came up with some big plays. He had seven and a half tackles, six solo, one and a half tackles for loss. He was really everywhere, being able to come up with a couple of big hits. There were times where he really cleaned the clock at Cleveland, which was pretty cool to be able to see. Of course, any Athens fans that were listening, I got really excited whenever those big hits did occur, and oftentimes came from Brandis. But I just want to give a shout-out to the entire linebacking core because they played terrific, even though they allowed some big runs. A lot of those were on the edges where the linebackers maybe weren't able to get outside to those plays. But every time the ball ended up going inside 
or to try to mix things up. Every now and again, they'd go to Brady Colburn, who's a big offensive lineman. They'd put him in the backfield and try to have him run up the gut, sort of like Refrigerator Perry style uh, from the 1985 Chicago Bears. And he would get stuffed every single time because people like Warden, Hart, and Brandis did not have any fear, and they stuck their noses in there making big plays no matter how big the running back was. Moving over to the Athens offense, first time this season they see a two on the scoreboard for the first digit. Uh, Previously, Athens' highest point total on the year uh, was 15 against a still undefeated Gallia Academy squad. Um, But tonight, 22 points. Uh, what was clicking offensively for Athens to have their biggest scoring output of the season thus far? Uh, being able to sustain drives was huge, and Brayden Young was able to complete a couple of great passes. Of course, one thing that really helped out this offense was having Alex Pirro be back as a slot receiver, and Pirro led the way in receiving yards in today's game. He went for five receptions, 59 yards, and a touchdown. And Pirro is the type of player who just has a very strong lower body, so When he makes those catches, he's able to easily chip through these defenders, be able to run and keep those legs churning and moving forward. And that allowed him to be able to come up with a touchdown. And I think it really benefited the offense of Athens. Also, Luke Brandis has been the type of player where a lot of players, maybe as the season goes on, they get more battered, more bruised, more injured. It seems like Brandis is the exact opposite. He started off the season kind of injured, a little bruised up, looked a little bit slow in the backfield. And now it just seems like he's just absolutely having a blast running the football. He's bouncing off of guys, making people miss, uh, catching passes out of the backfield, and just looks very dynamic relative to where he was. Because he's not going to beat anybody in a track race, but he will run through you. He will run over you. And he did that a couple of times and made some Meg's defensive backs pay. So those players allowed this offense to be able to move. And of course, you have to give a shout out to Braden Young, the quarterback who's had to evade defenders. And he just has a lot of poise to him. Even if there's a lot of pressure going on, if he's a little shaken up, he just hangs in that pocket. Uh, The only weakness has just been the turnovers, which I'll talk to you about that, Michael Roth. That's one of the biggest issues for Athens. They had five turnovers. They ran one offensive play through the first 11 and a half minutes of the game. Opening kickoff, they got it all the way down into Meg's territory. First play, fumble. Then Meg's goes and scores. Meg's kicks it off. Athens fumbles again. And Meg's has another long, sustained drive, ending in a touchdown. It's a very, very brutal way to start when your offense can't even get anything going because they've only run one play through the first 11 and a half minutes. That's definitely a shocking stat. That is why uh, Meg's really got off to a quick start. Yeah, you know, talking to Carl, seems like Trimble has had trouble. Special teams and turnovers uh, been an issue uh, for Athens, um, but also injuries has been an issue for Athens. How, how has Athens uh, replaced some of the players that they have lost and moving forward last three weeks of the season? Uh, Who are some of the guys that are going to be filling in as the Bulldogs try and get their first victory of the season? So one of the few lone seniors left on this roster alongside Brandis is Mike Allgood. Mike Allgood had to move into the wide receiver one position uh, for this team, and he was able to do pretty well. He found himself open a couple of times, made some tough receptions. He finished with four receptions for 30 yards, and he had two receptions on third and long situations. So those were big-time catches. He hung tough. He knew he was going to get taken, uh, get some shots 
taken there as he had a couple big hits on him, but he was able to spin out of tackles a little bit, and he showcased some really solid toughness. Also, Leo Martin is expected to be one of the uh, key receivers now as he was a focal point more on defense as a corner, but now they definitely are depending on him to be more of a receiving threat, and he had himself a reception on a bit of a slant route where he was able to find a little bit of space. He's kind of a smaller, shifty guy, uh, but it is definitely tough. I mean, when you lose uh, Landon Wheatley, you lose Levi Neal. That's a lot of production. Levi Neal's had back-to-back games of 80 yards plus, and he was really cooking these last two games. So to lose him is definitely huge. But with this point in the season for Athens, it's really important to see what you have in these uh, next coming years. I think Athens is really investing a lot into what the future holds. They played 16 sophomores. They played four freshmen. That's 20 total underclassmen being played in this game. And only two seniors played in this matchup. Four juniors played in this matchup. That's not a lot of players that are upperclassmen. So that really showcases that the future is very much bright for this team. And it's important to be able to see what type of talent do you have right now. Uh, get guys acclimated. That's something Matt Frazee uh, was talking about a lot. Is like, hey, let's make sure that a lot of these freshmen that have played really well on JV so far this season, let's not have their first varsity reps come against a really talented Philo team next year in Athens. Let's have them get games against teams like Wellston, teams like River Valley, because, I mean, that's not going to be too much different from some of the best JV teams that Athens has probably seen is where probably Wilson, their level is pretty similar to that sort of range. So it's not too big of a step up for younger players to potentially go and adapt to being under the lights on varsity. Yeah, you know, Athens, like you said, the numbers don't lie. Could be one of the youngest teams in the state, let alone the region. I think all Bulldogs fans, they're looking ahead to next Friday night against Wellston. Uh, two 0-7 teams. It looks like Athens' best chance for a win this year. What are your expectations going into this game? So everybody's expectation is this is the one you've got to win this. Like, no doubt about it. You're at home. Uh, Wellston beat you last year, so a chance at a little bit of revenge. Uh, the offense has continued to build and get better each week, and they're starting to see that difference happen on the scoreboard. And also, uh, we were all doing a little bit of scoreboard watching. We saw that uh, Wellston, they gave up a lot of points to Nelsonville, York. And specifically, they gave up three return touchdowns, two kickoffs and one punt return touchdown, at least according to our sources. So with that being said, Athens has not scored a kickoff return touchdown, but they've had really consistent great returns from Marcus Stevers and Anthony Sutton. So I would not be surprised if Athens was able to break one of those free and feel like they are really due for that. Not to mention, this seems like a team on paper that's also struggling. They're in kind of a similar mindset, but Athens can definitely not sleepwalk into this. They're going to have to play their butts off, given that Wilson's probably coming in thinking the exact same thing, saying, hey, 0-7 Athens, this might be your chance to win a game as well. So again, I think it should be a great battle And I'm really excited. I'm hoping it's a nice high-scoring affair. Hopefully Athens can, now that they pass the 20 mark, can they get to the 30 mark? Can they get to the 40 mark potentially? That can be the hope for Athens. But it's going to come down to stopping the run, and they've been really, really exposed on the rush defense. So that's going to have to take a step up. And then, of course, the home crowd, got to be with them. Joe Burrow Stadium, they pull back some of that magic from Joey B and see if they can be able to pull up that victory. 
Yeah, we'll uh, we'll be watching uh, the Athens Bulldogs. You can hear them every Friday night on WATH Voice of the Bulldogs. Cedric Granger giving you the lowdown from Pomeroy. Um, Cedric, before we let you go, uh, rough one for your alma mater tonight. Yeah, they fell to Logan, 21-20, to and I was feeling pretty confident that maybe, uh, of course, me being an Athens guy, voice of Athens, hoping that my old high school would uh, show Logan a little bit of revenge and kind of avenge Athens' loss, but to no avail. I mean, St. Charles destroyed Logan last year, but now Logan's rattled off two straight wins, and they're starting to turn around their season. That's a big win on the road against a CCL Columbus team. I mean, St. Charles in that same conference with Watterson, with Hartley. And I know Coach Oker, he'll have this team ready for their next games going forward. But nevertheless, big win for Logan as St. Charles has now dropped three straight, I believe now, three and four on the season. And Carl, did your high school win? Yes, we beat, we beat we beat probably the better Fairview in the state, Sherwood <laughs> Fairview, 28-0. That's two straight shutouts for my uh, alma mater, the Edgerton Bulldogs. How, how, how did your Fairview do? Uh, you know, it was 35-0 at half, um, you know. Like I said, not, Sherwood not for the Fairview good guys. is a better Fairview. Well, isn't it joyful watching your old high school pull off victories, huh? Oh, yeah, it's, it's nice. It's very nice. <laughs> You know, uh, I, I, say, I was I a former say. basketball player, not a football player, and our basketball program is in good shape. So that's uh, that's what I'm going to hang my hat on because our uh, our one in six football program that's been down thirty five nothing, sixty two seven, forty two nothing at halftime like the past three weeks. It's not a you know we're not doing victory laps over here. How good's the band? That's my question. <laughs> <laughs> hey hey, our band. Our band sometimes struggled for numbers when I was in school, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's gotten better or worse since uh, since I've been there. I haven't been back to a football game. Obviously, <laughs> I'm busy. I'm busy every Friday night covering uh, covering high school games down here. So yeah, no chance for me to get back to a game with all modern. Exactly. We didn't even have a marching band at St. Charles. Definitely a smaller school in that way. But we were an all boys school, Catholic school. And uh, we're kind of like the Northwestern of our division because we had uh, report cards come out every two weeks. So you better be passing Latin or you're not playing in the football game. And if you're failing after two weeks or in a four-week span or six-week span, you're out for the next two weeks no matter what. So that really adds to the toughness of the schedule. So you usually start off super strong, like early on, and then as the season goes on, you might lose key players to academic and eligibility, and that's usually when things kind of go off the wayside for St. Charles. But, again, they're a well-coached team. Love Coach Hoker. He really has been great for the program. And I love getting to play football for St. Charles. It gives me a lot of pride. And I have a lot of joy whenever I get to see that Cardinal logo. And I hope they can be able to pull off some victories going up ahead. But I mean, Good they for were, Logan. Yeah, they, they were close tonight. I think St. Charles uh, missed a two-point conversion oh, after man. a touchdown for the win on that one. So, I mean, it, 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 it seemed like one of the better games in Southeast Ohio. One of many, many, many good games tonight. Yeah, a lot of good games all across Southeast Ohio. Cedric. Uh, thanks for joining us. Hopefully, uh, better luck for St. Charles next week, and maybe we will see uh, an Athens victory over on WATH next week uh, as 0-7 Athens takes on 0-7 Wellston. Uh, once again, looking at some scores from around the region, uh, Athens County Game of the Week that you heard right here on Power 105, Eastern 27, Trimble 14, 
Uh, over on WATH, Cedric Ranger just got done breaking down Meg's 48-22 to 22 victory over the Athens Bulldogs. In other TVC Ohio action, NY 65-6 over Wellston. Alexander one-ups NY, putting up 66 points against River Valley as they win 66-30. to 30. And then the biggest story in the TBC Ohio tonight, Warren 20, Vinton County 13. Zeke Mullahan had to leave the game on a stretcher. Prayers up to him for a speedy recovery as Vinton County could not overcome the loss of Mullahan as Warren gets a big victory for their playoff points. And we'll see how VC can recover the west rest of the way in other uh tvc action over in the hawking couple shutouts southern 50 to nothing over belpre belpre uh, a whopping three points on the year so far and waterford 47 to nothing over south gallia uh, you know waterford could be a sneaky a playoff push team you know the wildcats have played a tough schedule but they seem to always play their best ball in the playoffs. Uh, they're sitting at four and three right now. They got a win over Crooksville to start the year. That's a weak division seven as well. So, I mean, that's, that's uh, you know, they could easily find themselves in the regional semifinals. I think I could easily see a regional semifinal uh, consisting of Hannibal River, Newark Catholic, and, Waterford or Eastern or both. Yeah, and then you also got Caldwell. Caldwell as well. well. I, I and, knew I was missing a team. And Franklin Furnace Green. Mm, we'll see. We'll see about Green. I, I'm not sold on Franklin Furnace Green. You gave up 52 points to Southern. So, yeah. I, I kind of question that, but I, I think Waterford would beat them. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. That Division 7, Region 27 will be an interesting watch. Yeah, especially uh, Waterford's losses. Uh, Williamstown entered tonight 4-0. Uh, Fort Fry, they're now 6-1. and And Shenandoah, they played Monroe Central. I'm assuming they won, so that would put Shenandoah at 6-1. and um, Yeah, Shenandoah did win. They beat... Uh, Monroe Central. Monroe Central, yeah. They beat them like 44-13, I think. Let me get the exact score. Uh, 46-12. 46-12. Got you. Um, so, yeah, Waterford... There are three losses to all tough teams. Um, probably all three of them would be in the top three of the region um, between Newark Catholic, Caldwell, and then the losses that Waterford's taken, um, or actually Newark Catholic River, uh, Caldwell. Um, like Shenandoah would be up there. Obviously, Fort Fry would be up there uh, in Williamstown as well. So, yeah, don't sleep on Waterford making a deep playoff push playing well at the right time, and looking to get that elusive TVC Hawking title from the Trimble Tomcats. You know, Trimble has held that title ever since I moved to, to Athens for school. They yeah. haven't lost. When was their last conference loss? I I don't know. I believe it was 2016. Um, you know, Trimble's just kind of dominated the TVC Hawking. And uh, this year, obviously a rebuilding year. They go down in the Athens County game of the week, 27 
the 14th. Uh, pulling up Joe Itell right now. Um, uh, 2017. Trimble 9-3 and three loss to Waterford. Uh, so 2017 would be the Tomcats' last conference loss. So we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll keep going around this 740. You're listening to Football Friday Night on Power 105. Hi, this is Kevin Peterson, the host of Sunrise here every weekend. And if you haven't heard the show yet, check it out this weekend and hear what you've been missing. Sunday mornings at 8 on Power 105. Quality. You hear that word a lot in commercials, but there's one business in town whose quality and prices are unsurpassed. I'm talking about Minuteman Press on Washington Street right next door to the Donkey Cafe. Uptown. You see, Minuteman Press is a hybrid. First, it's a full-service sheet-fed press where they can create great art to meet your needs that the other places are simply unable to do. And they're also a complete copy shop as well. Minuteman Press on Washington between Court and Congress. 593 That's 593-7393. Wendy's new French toast sticks are so delicious, some are saying that they're better than their mom's breakfast. Excuse me, did you just say Wendy's new French toast sticks are better than my breakfast? Mom, is that you? Answer the question. I said some people are saying that because they're so crispy on the outside and fluffy on the inside and perfect in every way. Uh Uh-huh. And what do you think? I think it's time to tell people to choose wisely. Choose Wendy's new sweet and crispy homestyle French toast sticks. That's still not an answer. I participate in U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. When one door closes, Atomic Credit Union is open. Conveniently located on State Street in Athens, we're ready to help with all your financial needs. We offer mortgage and auto loans, credit cards, instant debit cards, online and mobile banking, and so much more. Visit us at 920 East State Street or online at AtomicCU.com. And as Discover the credit union difference. All loans subject to approval. Federally insured by NCUA. Equal housing opportunity lender. Football Friday night on Power 105. WXTQ Athens. It's Football Friday night on Power 105 with Troy Bolin and Brad Walker. Sorry about the uh, old uh, old intro. Old music. intro. We got to We got to We got to fix that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Not Troy Bolin. <laughs> unless this is Brad Walker on the line. Is this Brad Walker? No, this is Coach Richards. You guys, uh, you guys talk about Troy. <laughs> I just, I just thought I'd give you a call. Yeah, yeah, no problem, Coach. Uh, big, uh, big offensive outing for the Buckeyes. Oh yeah, um, yeah. We uh, it's a different game. Uh, I think we ran. Uh, six plays in the first half and uh, five of them for touchdowns. So uh, we didn't have the ball. Uh, so not a whole lot of time of possession tonight, but uh, our, our offense was clicking from the get go. Um, I think we've scored in about every uh, facet of the game. We had a kick return, a punt return, interception return. We, you know, we threw a touch to a touchdown pass and uh, you know, we obviously ran some in on the ground also, but yeah, big night for the offense and the uh, defense was solid again as always. So, you know, got got another win in the TBC, and you know I think we got out of it pretty decent as far as injuries. So, uh, good night. 
offensively, obviously, I guess you didn't really have too many uh, plays, but what what worked offensively? What really schematically the passing? The, what what just worked? Offensively, well, it, it sort of I mean, everything worked. Yeah, honestly, our our varsity offense ran six plays all night um, in the first half, and then we we shut them down. So, uh, but yeah, we started off with a you know, deep pass right off the rip, play action, and uh, hit Bailey Phillips for a thirty-seven yard pass, and then Hudson Stalter ran it in the next play for a touchdown. Uh, we came right back, and um, I think Hudson busted a uh, looks like a seventy-nine yard touchdown. Hudson had three carries for one hundred sixty-three, one hundred sixty-two yards and three touchdowns. And he scored also another 70-yarder. Um, again, like I said, then they punted. Um, <clears throat> Landon Emmon returned the punt for a touchdown. And then uh, we hit uh, James Koska on a 76-yard touchdown. Like I said, five of our six plays, uh, other than we had a kid basically was behind the defense and sort of got his legs tripped up. Uh, we scored every play. So it really wasn't one thing or the other. Just sort of everything worked. Uh, you know, uh, Wilson's got some injuries um, and so forth. And so they're undermanned for what, you know, for a varsity football game. And then next that we shut it down in halftime. And then we had some guys in the second half score um, some touchdowns. Again, I think we had a, another pick six in the afternoon in the second half. And Ryder Hutter, Ryder Hutter, Huddy Dolly, I can't talk, sorry. Um, he took like a 90-yard kickoff return back. And, you know, he doesn't even usually return kicks for us. But even one of those plays, he sort of fumbled it around a little bit, had to go back and pick it up. And they didn't stay in their lanes. And he made a couple nice cuts and he took it to the house. So, I think that was his first uh, varsity touchdown. So congrats to him. And I think I put him in the record book somewhere for longest kick return. And I think, I think he was in the top five. So we'll check with coach Dean on Monday. He does all that. And uh, so we, you know, we got some young guys in the end zone also. That's, that's always great. Especially, um, especially in those games where it's pretty well decided to get the younger players out there. And it kind of shows a window to the future. What did that win? The window, how bright does that window look to the future in that second half playing the younger kids? Yeah, we got, like I said, we got them all in. They all, you know, we, they basically played it pretty much the whole second half. And, uh, cause like I said, it was, I think 39, nine and a half. We returned the opening. Uh, yeah, I was wanting to give them a offense one drive and uh, we returned the opening kick. So they didn't even get a play in the second half. So, uh, we thought that was enough and, you know, we didn't want to put any more points on the board with our old kids, but, um, but anyhow, yeah, so we got a lot of kids running around uh, making plays, making tackles, uh, you know, and they're getting to play every Monday night. So uh, I think Monday we're playing Jackson and uh, Boston doesn't have a team. And, you know, I think we're going to get nine JV games in this year. So, uh, you know, a lot of experience. And that's how you, uh, you know, sort of like just reload every year instead of having to rebuild. So those minutes in the second half, those minutes on Monday nights are very valuable to these young kids. So, you know, we've seen great improvement and, so that's the only way to get better is play games. So, um, you know, they, they get to work in practice, but nobody just wants to practice every day and not get to play on, you know, Fridays and Mondays. So that JV, like I said, it's very, very important. And like I said, we got some kids coming and, uh, you know, um, I don't think the cupboard's bare here at Nelson, New York. Well, coach, uh, I'm not sure if your opponent next week was scoreboard watching, uh, but Alexander one ups you, putting up sixty six points against River Valley. Uh, obviously, you guys huge offensive night, sixty five against Wellston. Alexander yeah. <laughs> sixty six against River Valley. Uh, what's going to be the key to slowing down their offense? Uh, six passing touchdowns uh, through the air for the Spurs. Well, I think yeah, I think you said it right there. I think you, it starts off. You know, they got a quarterback there; he can sling it. Um, they got kids can catch the ball, and you know they're they're putting up some points, and you know. 
defensively, yeah, it starts with you know slowing that pass down, you know, and uh, making them nickel and dime you. And, you know, you can't give up those forty and fifty yard plays. Uh, you know, you got to make them earn it. You know, it's, it's high school football, and you know, you just sort of bend but don't break. So that's sort of been our motto all year on defense. And, you know, we've given up three yards. It's not like we're holding people to under hundred yards every week, but usually we figure away by the time they start getting about our thirty yard line, we start. You know, the field shrinks. You don't have to worry about getting beat as bad. And, um, you know, we've been able to make some plays, you know, throughout the year, you know, against some of the better teams on our um, schedule. So, yeah, it definitely starts with the quarterback, you know, and um, we'll pass. So, you know, we'll be slinging around in practice. Uh, you know, the good thing is we've seen some pretty good spread teams that can throw it. So, um, you know, we're base four defense. So it's not like we're a 50 defense and we got to bring in all these extra defensive backs and, and again, like I said, our defensive backs, we're, that's where our experience is actually at. You know, we were young on the D-line starting off. All of our secondary guys were pretty much back. Um, so we do have some experience, you know, maybe this week, maybe you know, Makai Williams plays a little more defense than what he's had to for us because, you know, he did start for two years for defense for us, and we haven't played him as much. But, you know, you know, we'll get together as coaches and see, do we need him for like a nickel package? And, you know, and then like I said, and when you play these past teams, you got to stop their run. You know, you, the old saying is, you know, you're playing pass, but you just want to take their run game out of the equation. And, and it's a little easier if you're back there and you know they pretty much have to pass. So hopefully we can try to make them one-dimensional and uh, maybe get some turnovers and, and, you know, see what happens. But, yeah, Alex got a nice season going, 5-2, and two, and that's what I told the boys after the game. So they're coming in with some momentum, and, yeah, that's good. We, you know, we want a challenge, and we're back on our home field. It's homecoming. And, you know, all the great coaches I played for, no homecoming if it's not a football game. So, you know, you go number one on homecoming is win the homecoming game. And then you can go celebrate, you know, with the girlfriends and the dance and all that stuff. But, you know, it's not a good homecoming dance with with a loss. So you always like to defend your turf. Big one for the Buckeyes next week. Coach, thanks for calling in and spending yep, thank you guys. time with thanks us. Thanks for doing what you're doing. Have a wonderful weekend. You too, Coach. All right. Bye. Coach Richards. Uh, of Nelsonville, York, they're uh, they're looking really solid this year. You know, after their loss to Newark Catholic, I think there were some questions, especially about their defense, giving up forty-five points. I, I, I don't even I don't even know if they've given up. I think they've given up maybe thirty points in the next five games. I, I mean, I, I think their really big game that really took note let people take notice was that liberty union game they beat them 48 to 7 that really was surprising yeah nelsonville york rolling this year um they're in at cbc ohio uh that hasn't been super competitive but now we got ethan Sargent on the line who's going to talk about a conference that has been crazy competitive ethan Let's hear about what went on in the Licking County League tonight. Oh, boy, Michael Roth, where do I begin? I mean, the LCL Buckeye is an absolute mess. They're just a mess of good teams, a mess of – there's a lot going on. I guess I'll start with where I was tonight, where it was Randy Ballman Stadium, Licking Valley, taking on Watkins. And it was the Warriors making the statement, picking up the 30-13 to win – and let me tell you, Michael, this Watkins defense is legit. They forced four Licking Valley turnovers, three fumbles, and an interception. They limited Licking Valley to just 13 points after Licking Valley put up 33 last week. 
And this is a program that I spoke to uh, head coach Dama Waters after the game, and he talked this is Watkins' first winning season since 2016. They had not had a winning year or a winning record since then. This is Waters' second year as the head coach. He has come in and pretty much instantly changed the culture. And now Watkins are right there. I mean, they played really well tonight. The offense runs through Patrick Carney and Davion Long, and they look good. They look good. And now, you know, stronger tests await that Watkins team. They still got to go to Granville. They still got to play Licking Heights, who I'm sure we will touch on a little bit later with the LCL. But they're looking real solid, Michael, and I'm excited to see where they're heading this season. Yeah, you know, you've been on uh, the Watkins train early, and – They've just, they've had an impressive season, if you look at it. Season opening loss to Worthington Kilbourne in OCC school. And then, you know, that week two win over Sheridan just keeps looking better and better. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, they're going to have, they they got a big one next week against Licking Heights. Licking Heights uh, puts up over 60 points tonight in a blowout win over Zanesville. Um, what's, uh, what's just your expectation with a Watkins, uh, licking heights? Battle? Let me tell you, let me, that is going to be one of the games of the year in Southeast Ohio. I just two teams that have perennially not been all that good. Two teams that, you know, bigger, two bigger schools, uh, I believe they're both division two. I licking heights might be division three. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah. Both um, Watkins, both Watkins and licking heights yeah, are division are both, two. They are both Division II schools. So, you know, these are two teams that haven't always been, you know, at the top of the LCL. You know, they're used to the Granville domination and the Licking Valley won the league in 2020. But, you know, this year, Granville, um, I'm, I'm not 100% sure about what happened at the end of that Waterson game, but I heard that they lost in heartbreaking fashion um, at the end today. I don't know if you can confirm that for me or not. Yeah, uh, so Granville was up seven late in the game. Watterson touchdown with uh, eight seconds left. Convert a two-point conversion to win 25-24. to Heartbreaker for the Blue Aces. But uh, a, lot of yeah. people, a lot of people expected Watterson to kind of roll in that game. Um, Watterson five and one. Only lost to Tiffin Columbian. You know, they got wins over Whitehall, win, shut out of St. Charles. Uh, they still got to play St. Francis de Sales and Bishop Hartley, uh, their other Columbus Catholic League rivals. But I think a lot of people uh, kind of expected Granville to sit down after a loss to Licking Heights and, uh, yeah. you know, up up seven with eight seconds left. Can't, uh, can't ask for a much better effort from the Blue Aces. Nope. Not at all. I mean... That is a Blue Aces team that is reeling now. I mean, one loss to Licking Heights. I was there last week to watch that one, and it was, you know, just it, – it, it's, it's so hard to explain the Licking Heights offense. We'll, we'll go back to Licking Heights a little bit later on. I want to focus on Granville now. Just losing that game, right, is a punch in the mouth. They hadn't lost a conference game since the COVID year in 2020. So this is a totally new ballpark for them because now, you know, it is anybody's conference. It – and, I mean, look, that game next week, Licking Heights and um, Watkins is an 
absolutely enormous game and will probably determine which of those two teams will be the direct competitor. Um, if Wigan Heights wins, it's, I'm pretty sure they pretty there. It's if they went out, it's their conference. Um, and then if Watkins wins, it does make things a little bit more interesting because that would probably Granville will probably root, be rooting for a Watkins victory because they still have Watkins at home on their schedule to close out the regular season. So that will be a game of great importance as well. But I guess I, I'll go back to Lincoln Heights now because they're such an, they're such an interesting unit, Ross. Um, when you look at when you look at this team, they've got a quarterback, Deuce Caldwell. This kid can ball, but when you look at him, he's like you know the first guy that pops in your head is Kyler Murray because he looks like him. He's five, he's five seven, five eight. Not you know not this towering quarterback like you see in other places. He is a he is. I don't think he can see over the heads of some of his old linemen. You make the jokes about Kyler Murray, but I think they're true for uh, for Caldwell. But boy, can this guy make guys miss. They the offense that Licking Heights runs is. They snap the ball to Caldwell. He takes the snap, and about 75% of the time, he's running it himself. And Granville tried last week to stop it, and clearly Zanesville unsuccessfully tried to stop it this week. And it's so difficult because he can also hand it off. They've got a good running back back there, too. And then the kid can throw. He's got an arm last week. There were a couple circus catches. They've got some talented receivers out there as well. They're a well-drilled athletic unit. And a really interesting fact, Roth, that I just learned today, actually, um, Waters, the head coach at Watkins, they have just heard me mention it's his second year. Do you want to know where he was for 14 years before heading to Watkins? Licking Heights. Talk about an extra layer of motivation. That'll be a fun one to keep an eye on next week. Ethan, so we've talked about the big school with the small school. Uh, Heath winning tonight. Uh, not sure if Newark Catholic, but what's the small they, they school? You all, know, I, I should have assumed that probably. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? What in the small school? It, it's hyping up to another Heath Newark Catholic yeah, title of exactly, cider, is it? Exactly, Carl. All roads lead back to Heath Newark Catholic once again. Uh, that game. Coming up in a couple weeks, I believe week eight, so two weeks from now. Week next week um, nine, week nine, which would be two week weeks nine. from now. So, 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 so had, three, three yeah. weeks. Uh, two weeks. This no, is week no, seven. Yeah. Two, two weeks. Two weeks from now, week nine. It's week seven okay, now. So, so, yeah, no, yeah. I, yeah, you're all good. I'm, I'm all, all out of whack. Oh, hey, it is. It is all of, of importance <laughs> because I mean, I I will be very frank and honest with you guys on the set. Um, the LCL Cardinal is bad. If Cade were there, he would be shaking his head. You know, he would be all over it because he grew up in the conference and he knows. There, there is a distinct lack of talent, apart from Heath and Newark Catholic, in the LCL Cardinal. And, I mean, Utica, uh, Northridge, they're all just, I mean, they're all Johnstown Monroe. They've all just kind of been guinea pigs for Newark Catholic and heat to slaughter. Um, but when you look ahead to that game, I, I've, I've kept a close eye on Newark Catholic. I haven't been to a game of theirs yet. I, I assume that I'll probably end up at Newark Catholic in a couple weeks. 
Um, when you look at that game, just your Catholic getting angry, right? Losing that game to Licking Heights pissed that program off. I imagine that head coach Ryan Yellow did not go easy on them in practice that week. I imagine that it was a furious um, few days of practice there because that's a program that's built themselves up on success. You know, last year, one game short. This year, they were, you know, everything is still in front of them, as I'm sure Coach Aiello is telling them. They've got talent. Mason Hackett is still a very, very talented football player. Um, you know, they've got a quarterback in Miller Hutchinson who's come in and played pretty well um, for, you know, stepping into a new offense. Having to fill the shoes of Cole Cantor is not easy. Um, but so far, from what I've seen, he's done a pretty good job. And then he's um, the interesting thing about Heath this year is it's almost a pseudo-rebuilding year for the Bulldogs. Um, you know, they've got they've still got the same quarterback, Brandon Bayless, uh, from last year. Bayless shattered all these records last year, but he lost so much talent in the receiving core in the running back room. So, I mean, this year is really a year for Heath to kind of reassess the talent pool and see what else they've got in the arsenal. And, hey, they're still putting together wins. They're still finding a way, I believe, now with the win today. They're up to 4-3 and three on the season. So, you know, you will absolutely take that for the Bulldogs. And, you know, it doesn't matter for them in terms of winning the conference. It doesn't matter how many losses they have right now. What matters is that conference record is spotless, and they want it to be spotless in a couple weeks uh, because that Newark Catholic game, it'll be a fun one. I would, I would probably take Newark Catholic as of right now, but it will be fun, and I imagine that the Bulldogs will not go down without a fight. Yeah, you know, that uh, <laughs> that Licking County division, always interesting, uh, been dominated by Newark Catholic and Heath recently. Uh, Johnstown, a couple years ago, made his state title uh, game appearance. And then um, Cade, Cade's boys had their chance tonight. They didn't take it. <laughs> I, I, I actually, I was texting him, and I'm sitting there like, hey, are you, you want to call in tonight? And he's like, no. I'm mad at what I just saw. <laughs> they had a chance to win it, but his Lakewood Lancers lose again, 34 to 20. They still a, have not in a won. battle of Owen six schools. Yeah. Hey, that's still a loss. <laughs> it is now. What is it? It is 17 in a row. It's a lot. I think it's more than that. Cause I think it might Kate, be like 20. something. It is. It might be in the twenties by now. You might be right. I know it was Kate's it'll, senior it'll year. Happen. We're all praying for it to happen for Cade's sake. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's I – mean, it, poor Roth. I mean, he hasn't been in here the last few weeks. Roth can't talk, hear about an alma mater that's worse than his. I know. Yeah, it's, it's not going great for me right now, Sarge. So, uh, Any last uh, last words before we let you go? Uh, no, just I, I think it, it, if – you know, for our listeners, I guess, in the in the Power 105 area who may not be super in tune with what happens up in, I guess, the sort of, you know, uh, the, the Lincoln County League in the in Columbus area schools, uh, it, it is a heck of a conference. If, if you're just a high school football fan and you're looking for a conference that has intrigue in both divisions, um, neither division has a runaway winner yet, as both, you know, as we head into the final three weeks of the regular season, there are still plenty of playoff teams plenty of playoff implications, plenty of division title games coming up here. The LCL is certainly a division to keep an eye on, and I am very excited to be able to cover it. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be su- 
fun to watch. So really good football as well if you're ever interested or up in the area and want to check out a game. Ethan Sargent, man who knows the Licking County League better than the rest. Thanks for calling in, buddy. Appreciate it. See you guys later. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we will go over some other uh, conferences around Southeast Ohio, hit the OVC, uh, hit the SOC. You know, we already hit the LCL and the FAC um, and everything you need to know in the TVC. You're listening to Football Friday Night on Power 105. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hi, this is Kevin Peterson, the host of Sunrise here every weekend. And if you haven't heard the show yet, check it out this weekend and hear what you've been missing. Sunday mornings at 8 on Power 105. Since 1963, Donato's was built on three fundamentals. Creating a superior product, hiring great people, and adhering to strong principles that promote goodwill in the community. Stop by East State Street and try out their appetizing pizzas, subs, salads, desserts, and beverages with party sizes available. Donato's only uses the freshest of ingredients with no artificial colors in their food. Eat fresh. Every piece is important. Only at Donato's on East State Street in Athens. Whether it's your boy on the field or your daughter in the band, the Airline Church of Christ care about your family and want to invite you to worship the risen Lord Jesus. Airline Church of Christ is a country church with a heart for the world and especially you. Their service is at 10.30 a.m. on Sundays with Sunday school at 9.30 at 4477 State Route 681, just four miles north of Albany. The Airline Church of Christ hopes to see you Sunday. Football doesn't need to be over yet. It's the post-game show on Power 105. Yeah, jamming out here. WXTQ football Friday night. You know, we've taken you all across the TVC. For those of you just joining us, Athens County game of the week. Eastern 27 to 14 winners over the Trimble Tomcats. Trimble, uh, first TVC hawking loss since 2017, I believe. Uh, Over on our sister station, WATH, Megs 48, Athens 22. Bulldogs still looking for their first victory of the season. Nelsonville, York, 65-6 over Wellston. Buckeyes have been rolling since a week two loss to Newark Catholic. Alexander one-ups the Buckeyes, 66-30 victory over River Valley. You know, Alexander NY meets next Friday night. Uh, Warren, 20-13 win over Vinton County, but the main story in that game 
Zeke Mollahan unfortunately had to leave the game on a stretcher, hoping for a speedy recovery for him. Over in the TVC, uh, Hawking, Southern, 50 to nothing, shutout over Belpre, and Waterford with a 47 to nothing shutout against South Gallia. Carl, we've uh, kind of whipped all around the northeast and western part of southeast Ohio. We'll go to the south. Uh, we'll start in the OVC. Uh, a couple unsurprising results, Ironton and Fairland with big wins. So Fairland a little closer than some might have expected, 35-22 against I, South Point. I, I mean, South Point, South Point is a solid team, I feel like. Uh, Ironton played Rock Hill tonight, didn't they? Uh, <laughs> Ironton played... Yes, Rock Hill, and they won 49-7. Yeah, South Point's a solid team, though, I feel like. And also, I think Fairland's a little bit down compared to what we thought they might have been at the beginning of the season. But that, that makes sense. They, they did lose a lot of talent from last year. To be fair to Fairland, their two losses are to teams that are 14-0. Yeah. And they beat Portsmouth West, who's 6-1. They did beat Portsmouth West. Uh, I mean, there's still solid. I mean, I think it more <laughs> says more about South Point than what it does about Fairland. I agree. Having it that close game. OBC is uh, deep. It is. It is very, very deep this year. Rock Hills look solid. They obviously have that really good win over Benton County. Um, Portsmouth just had the win over your boys last week. And uh, <sighs> your boys, another tight loss. Sad Hornet noises. Uh, I don't know what that sad hornet noises would be, but Galley Academy winning 36-33 over Colgrove there. And uh, I'll have to look and see how exactly that happened, but it's a shame. It seemed like it was just back and forth. Yeah, and it, it's a good game. Galia nailed a two-point conversion and Colgrove missed two. I think that was the difference. Yeah, that was. I think would, it was five touchdowns apiece. That would do it. Uh, the game-winning Brody Feller. Brody Fleur. Fleur. Fleur? Fleur. Fleur. Yeah. I, the phonics is not my strong Fleur. suit. Uh, oh, we know. Oh, yes, I'm sure you know. Uh, eight With 8.38 to go in the fourth quarter, uh, he scored a touchdown, two-point conversion, and that was a difference in the game. Yeah. Right Gallia. There. Is Gallia Ironton this week? I think it's this Friday. It might be. It's it's probably one of the few huge conference games that's not week nine. Nope, it is week nine. It is week nine. Of course, they're all guess week who, nine. Guess who Ironton has a week eight. Oh, Colgrove. Yep. Yeah, Ironton ends the year. It's probably Col three straight raw losses for the Hornets. Colgrove, Gallia, and then at Portsmouth, one of uh, the oldest rivalries in the entire state of Ohio, hmm. Ironton-Portsmouth. Two, two football rich. I mean, two two places with former NFL teams. I mean, yeah. I, I think it's better for Portsmouth <laughs> that they left. I mean, they would have been the Lions. I mean, nah. Also, Portsmouth doesn't have the infrastructure to withstand an NFL team. Well, if they were about as good as the Lions, I think they would have enough infrastructure for it. I just mean <laughs> as a city, as like bringing people to the stadium. You know I mean? If they were home to the Lions, hardly anybody's coming to that stadium anyways. I mean, people pack Detroit Stadium. Do they? I mean, maybe now, but... Hmm. NFL games are... Pretty much every NFL game is pretty packed. Yeah, some of them. But, I, I, 
I, I think it's uh, – I mean, we'll see how Colgrove does. I think they can keep it within three scores against Ironton. I think. I think they'll be a little bit closer than – I just don't know how they compete physically. Yeah, that that is a question. And I, I think the big thing is, and what you figured out with Colgrove, is the fact that if you can shut down Chase Hall, their running back, they're done. Uh, they're not exactly the best at throwing the ball and <laughs> – that's that's what killed him last week against Portsmouth. Is that's the that's the other problem with Colgrove, is they're not as physical as you up front. Like mm-hmm. they're a smaller school, Division Six school, competing in the OVC, and they can't throw the ball. And that makes it really tough to score consistently, because if you can't throw the ball, you're going to face stacked fronts, and if your offensive line isn't bigger than the defensive line, it's just going to be tough. You're going to get worn out, and once Gallia retook the lead in the fourth quarter, Colgrove unable to score, and that was the difference in the game. Just Colgrove, they had their chances in the fourth and just couldn't punch it into the end zone. Yeah, and it's going to be even tougher. I mean, obviously, Gallia Academy has some talent on their offensive and defensive lines, and if you think Gallia Academy has some talent on those offensive and defensive wait lines, wait until you see Ironton. Uh, I, yeah, it, it's going to be rough, but I, I think you can really hold your head high if you're Colgrove. If you can come out, is that at Colgrove or is that at Ironton? Uh, that game is at Ironton. Tank Stadium? Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, if you can come out of there only losing by three scores, keeping it to about a 20-point game, I, I think that you can hold your head high coming out of that. Yeah, we'll see. A lot of talent in the OVC. Uh, moving over to the SOC, uh, Waverly, yeah, four-game losing streak. That's over. 60-7 to seven win over Lucasville Valley. Wheelersburg, 56-7 to seven over Oak Hill. And my boys at Portsmouth West, it wasn't pretty, uh, but uh, 29, I think it was, to 16 victory over Minford. So uh, not... Convincing. That's a solid Minford team, though. So Minford did just get killed by Wheelersburg. So that's kind of where. Because that's Wheelersburg. (coughs) I mean, I don't see any reason why Portsmouth West, at home, can't make that Wheelersburg game very competitive. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So I mean, and I feel like Minford they probably really schemed really well for that game as well. Especially Minford after getting beat down that bad, they were going to have a bounce back effort. Oh, absolutely. Don't want to get embarrassed. You're a good program. Um, yeah, so Portsmouth West just keeps figuring out ways to win. You know, if they could have gotten that Fairland game, like, one point off to start yeah. the second straight year, they lose by one point to the Dragons. Could have, would have, should have. Mm-hmm. You know what they say. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here on Football Friday night. Uh, when we come back, we'll keep talking playoff points and uh, – Anything else you guys want to know for the last 30 minutes of the show? Uh, You're listening to Football Friday Night here on Power 105. There are no words to describe it. The isolation. The boredom. The loneliness. If you're wondering where your teenage son or daughter's spirit went, you're hardly alone. The past year has been devastating, especially for them. But here's the good news they might just find it again, playing high school sports. 
workouts that stimulate, teammates and coaches that care, the sense of belonging so many of us have been missing lately. That's what school sports are all about. The sense of achievement is real, and the camaraderie is hard to beat. Coping with uncertainty is difficult, but school sports can help the teenagers in your family start feeling like themselves again. Encourage them to give it a try. High school sports, it's so much more than a game. This message presented by the Ohio High School Athletic Association and the Ohio Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. It is that time of year again. Hunting season is just around the corner. Stop by the Rocky Outdoor Gear Store to see our archery department. We have Matthews, Hoyt, PSE, and 10-point bows. Whether you are looking for an upgrade or just need your bow fixed, our bow tech will get you ready for the fall. We also have a wide selection of firearms, ammo, boots, and camo. Our hours are 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Sunday. Located at 45 East Canal Street in Nelsonville. See you soon. Wendy's new French toast sticks are so delicious, some are saying that they're better than their mom's breakfast. Excuse me, did you just say Wendy's new French toast sticks are better than my breakfast? Mom, is that you? Answer the question. I said some people are saying that because they're so crispy on the outside and fluffy on the inside and perfect in every way. Uh-huh. And what do you think? I think it's time to tell people to choose wisely. Choose Wendy's new sweet and crispy homestyle French toast sticks. That's still not an answer. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. This is Football Friday Night on the home of the Game of the Week, Power 105. Carl's getting into it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Talking about the town. Football Friday night here on WXTQ. Uh, you know, one league we haven't touched so far is the MBL. Uh, Sheridan, 35-6 to win over Philo. You know, if you ever think Sheridan's going to have a rebuilding year, you're probably going to be wrong. I mean, this is somewhat of I mean, You look at the non-conference schedule, it was a bit of a rebuilding year. But at the same time... Wins over Licking Valley and a three-point loss to Watkins. Yeah, I, those do look a lot better now than what they did previously. But, I mean, you – I think the rebuilding more on defense especially. They, uh, how many points have they given up in the last few games? Since the loss to Watkins, 7 to Logan, 13 to Morgan, 7 to John Glenn, 14 to Riverview, and 6 to Knight. Yeah, I mean, the defense is really short up after the first few games, so – uh, I mean that that's that's the you, you want to see that you, you want to see you know the improvement of that and that's where the rebuilding's coming from, and they're rebuilding that red shirt or red rage that's the word they have the red rage defense because I know at the beginning of the year it was kind of a question can you call it the red rage after those first two games but uh, it's coming back it's coming back the red rage is yeah and then uh the team that i think has as many quality wins as anybody in southeast ohio tri-valley with a 44 <clears throat> to 14 win over riverview uh, that's not going to be a game they put on their banner but wins over licking heights jackson new lexington and morgan those will all go bright up on their resume as tri-valley currently tops in their region in playoff points and speaking of New Lexington and Morgan. New Lex, 40. Morgan, 
23, New Lex looks in control of the MBL small school division. It seems like their biggest game to play for is going to be the rivalry battle. Yeah, the Perry County Super Bowl. Sheridan. Sheridan. Yeah, I, I mean, that's that's a game I can't wait for. I'm definitely going to keep an eye on that game week 10. Uh, I mean, it, it's... I mean, New Lexington, they're good. They're really good. I mean, we've known this pretty much the entirety. I mean, <laughs> Cade's been high on them the entire year. He watched them. He's the only one of us that's actually gotten to watch New Lexington, but he has watched them uh, scrimmage in Nelsonville, York. And, and, I mean, they held Nelsonville, York really a lot during that game, and they really got a lot of good offensive movement, which the exception of Newark Catholic, nobody else has against the Buckeyes. I mean... I think the most points that the Buckeyes have given up this year have, aside from well, aside from Newark Catholics, been Oak Hill. The 13 points they gave up to Oak Hill. Yep. So, I mean, that's you know that's something to keep an eye on. And I mean, the Panthers. I, it'll be interesting to see they're in a you know Division Four. I'm not super well versed in Division Four. That's one of the ones we don't really have as many schools in this area. It's really New Lexington and Benton County are really the only two schools in Division Four uh, that, I mean, that we really cover. But, you know, there's still a lot of, you know, they, they, could, they could find themselves in a regional semifinal. I think, I think that's plausible. Uh, yeah, I mean, Division Four, Region 15 is wide open. Um, so, yeah, it just uh, – Division Four is an a, a interesting – um division because division four region 14 has just like way more talent i would i would argue this if you look at the top 10 teams in the state in division four based on pure strength i would say at least five of them are in region 14 and five of them are in region 13 15 and 16 combined yeah, it, it's the region. Of, and there's normally always one of those. I feel like in the smaller divisions, it's normally ends up in Northwest Ohio, even when the Mac schools are out of it. Like I remember uh, Division 7 in 2018, my junior year of high school, the year where I should have a ring on my finger uh, that that year. Uh, you know, Edgerton, my alma mater team I was on, I mean, we were one of the best teams in the state. And the problem being that, you looked at the top 10 in the AP poll and it was like number one was uh, Sycamore Mohawk or Mohawk Sycamore. Uh, number two was either us or Tremble. You know, it, 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 there was eight out of the top 11 out of the eight teams in our region. They were all on the top 11 of the Associated Press poll. And I, that's just the way it always is. So the smaller divisions, it's that way. You're always going to have that region of death that more than likely whoever comes out of that region wins state. For the lower divisions, it's normally, with the exception of when Kirtland has a chance to win, normally it ends up being that Northwest District. Uh, you know, you look at Division Six. I mean, with the exception of Kirtland, it's been Mac schools. Even even the one year where it wasn't any of the normal name Mac schools, you still had Anna win it. I think that was was that 2020 or 2019. I, I think know. it was 2019 that 
Anna won the state title. But, you know, even even when you have the lesser known Mac schools, you know, that's I mean, you have those regions of death and division four, region 14 is that one for division four. Uh, probably hmm? nothing. I mean, probably, I mean, division six, region 22, I would say is the one for division six. That's the one with Marion local cold Lo- or local, uh, is in 24 locals in 24. Yeah. Huh. Is that where all the rest of the Mac schools are at? Locals in 24. Who else are you curious Versailles about? Versailles or Versailles? Versailles. I keep doing that. Uh, Versailles. 24. Okay. So, the, okay. So, Region 24 then. But um, those, are, those are the only two good schools in Region 24. Out of the huh. top 12 in really? Region. Really? Out of the top 12 schools in Division 6, Marion Local and Versailles are the only two from Region 24. The rest. Kirtland, 21, Fort Fry, 23, Cary, 22, Ashland Crestview, 22, Colonel Crawford, 22, Mogador, 21, Brookfield, 21, Columbus Grove, 22, Kent Central Catholic, 21, and Northwestern, uh, 22. I'm surprised (laughs) they split those. Um, mm. It's just a line north-south. But, like, going back to D4 Region 14, yeah. Uh, according to Drew Pastor, seven of the top 12 schools. Oof. Yeah. West Holmes, Glenville, Van Wert, one, oh, two, Van Wert. and Forgot three. About Van Wert. Yeah. Steubenville, Wyoming, and West Branch, the favorites in region 15, 16, and 13. And then you go back to St. Mary's Memorial in 14. Then you got St. Clairsville in 15. Then you got Bellevue in 14, Bishop Hartley in 15. Then Perkins and O'Leary Catholic in Division fourteen or in Region fourteen. Talking so. about talking about St. Clairsville, they beat. How big is that rival between them and Bel Air? Very big, very big. Well, St. Clairsville's happy then. Thirty three fourteen, they beat Bel Air, and uh, Bel Air is still such an interesting team to me. I think they're such a sleeper that I, I, I mean, I don't know. You can't really say. I don't know if they could beat Fort Fry. But Fort they, Fry would have to beat them again. Lost to them that by, was week two. By 34, bro. That was week two, and it's hard to beat the same team twice. Homie, it's not hard to beat a team you beat by 34 twice. That was – how many injuries – we've talked about the injuries with Fort Fry. Well, Fort Fry won 44 nothing tonight against the decent squad. Point Pleasant? Yeah. I mean, they did play Galley Academy close. So it sounds like they're decent. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, I don't know, we'll see. But Bel Air, they lost to Gallia by one. Yeah, I mean, Bel Air, Bel Air is somebody who I, I, I think that they could be a sleeper pick. If if Fort Fry's not going to win it, I, I could easily see it be Bel Air or Nelsonville York. Fort Fry versus the field. Oh, absolutely, still. But I'm saying, out of the field, if there's one or two teams that might have a chance, I would get, I would take Bel Air or Nelsonville York. The cadets dominated NY last year, dominated Bel Air this year. So heavy mountain for both teams to climb. Yes, yes. But speaking of Division Six, Region 23, looking at uh, looking at a few of the games there, the two teams that tremble, tremble losing tonight really 
it, it, it really hurts them. Uh, they need four and six, according to Drew Pastor. They got to beat either one of Eastern or Waterford. They couldn't beat Eastern tonight. They have to beat Waterford if they're going to continue that streak of 13 straight playoff appearances. They have to beat Waterford if they're going to do that. Um, and not helping up. Malvern beat Buckeye Trail, so uh, Buckeye Trail stays behind them. But Elgin defeats Ridgedale 28-14. I mean, they're not going to get a ton of computer points from them. This is a Ridgedale team that is 2-4, and four, and their two wins are over 0-6 teams. So it's not, it's not like this huge victory for Elgin, but it's a win. And that's something Trimble still only has one of. So it, it's something that is going to move Elgin up a bit, in my opinion. So we'll have to see how it shakes out. Uh, is Joe Itell updated yet? Uh, no. Ah. Yeah. So ba- Based on the estimates, though, let's see. So Elgin, uh, the 1.6 right now. They're not going to get any L2. Uh, I don't think they're going to get any. Well, no, they'd get what? Like they would add, I think L2 points, they would add. I think they'd go up and they'd add like seven L2 points. And they were Ridgedale's division seven team. So they'd add three and a half points to their L1 total. So it's not going to move Elgin up by much, but it would be enough to where they might be able to move into the catbird seat over Trimble. Yeah, you know, Tomcats, you look right now, 16 seed, 2-4. and four. Uh, That's what's the record of 16, 17, 18, and 19. All got at least two wins. Uh, so Tomcats got ground that they got to make up yeah. regardless. They, they have to win against Waterford. There is no playoffs for Trimble if they do not beat Waterford. It's kind of funny thinking about how many points South Gallia could give them. Yeah. I mean, I, I still, I don't think that they get in with a three and seven record. I, I really would, don't. I would not think so either. Um, but yeah, I mean, still, still a lot to play for. Uh, we're going to take a quick break uh, and continue to uh, look at some of these playoff regions. You're listening to football Friday night here on power one Oh five quality you hear that word a lot in commercials but there's one business in town whose quality and prices are unsurpassed i'm talking about minuteman press on washington street right next door to the donkey cafe uptown you see minuteman press is a hybrid first it's a full service sheet fed press where they can create great art to meet your needs that the other places are simply unable to do and they're also a complete copy shop as well minuteman press on washington between court and congress 5937393 that's 5937393 Steve Abdella has been working in Athens for over 30 years and is proud to be a part of the community. Stop by and see Steve for great deals at Auto Exchange, located at the corner of Johnson Road. You can also give him a call at 740-331-2713 or find him on Facebook. Over 80 newer, nicer used cars are available. Head on over to Auto Exchange and get a car today. Steve Abdella at Auto Exchange, proud supporter of high school sports. 
When one door closes, Atomic Credit Union is open. Conveniently located on State Street in Athens, we're ready to help with all your financial needs. We offer mortgage and auto loans, credit cards, instant debit cards, online and mobile banking, and so much more. Visit us at 920 East State Street or online at AtomicCU.com and discover the credit union difference. All loans subject to approval. Federally insured by NCUA. Equal housing opportunity lender. Don't miss Power 105's Local Music Showcase, Groovy Soup. Join me, Paul Holden, every Sunday for local music and conversation with artists and bands from Ohio and across the Midwest. Play music and want to be part of the show? Email me at pholden at wxtq.com or reach out to Power 105 on Facebook. Can't catch the show live? All episodes are available on your favorite streaming service. Just search Groovy Soup. Catch the mashup of Melody's Groovy Soup, Sunday nights at 7, right here on Power 105. This isn't technically overtime, but it's just as fun. Football Friday night on Power 105. Football Friday night here on Power 105. We got about 10 minutes left with you on the show. Busy week seven of high school football uh, over right here on WXTQ, Athens County Game of the Week, Eastern 27, Trimble 14. Tomcats fall to 1-6. and six. Over on WATH, Megs 48, Athens 22. Bulldogs still looking for their first win of the year. In other TVC final scores, NY 65, Wellston 6. Buckeyes have been rolling uh, after a week two loss to Newark Catholic, just firing on all cylinders. Uh, Alexander, uh, they won up the Buckeyes on the scoreboard. They didn't play against each other. They'll play against each other next week. Uh, Alexander, 66 to 30 victory over River Valley. We'll have that NY Alexander game. Right here on Power 105, Athens County Game of the Week for Week 8. And then Warren, 20, Vinton County, 13, major storyline from that game. Zeke Mullahan leaves the game on a stretcher, hoping for a speedy recovery for him. But we've been waiting uh, for Joe Itell to update. I'm not sure. Um, not sure if he's taking the Friday night off, or uh, if it's just taking longer. He'll update. Oh, it. guess what? He just updated it. It literally just updated while we were at break. <laughs> um. Nah. So it, it half updated. All the scores are in, but it doesn't seem like most of the playoff points have automatically been calculated. <clears throat> um, so we'll look. We'll look in region 27, not quite updated. Region 23, not updated. He's got the final scores in right now. So I'm hoping. It might take it. It'll update at like 1202. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> It'll update at 1202, but we, we could do our best estimates. I'm sure. I think the biggest thing from the TVC, uh, obviously it looks like Trimble has to win out is Megs and Alexander get big wins. Yes. And we'll go through that entire region 19 uh, picture. Piketon two and four coming in. The, well, Piketon, Columbus Academy, Megs, Utica, Liberty Union, Alexander, and South Point 
are the seven teams vying for the three positions. And Piketon got a win tonight. They beat Southeastern 40-14. to Columbus Academy fell to uh, Fort Loramie tonight, 21-14. to uh, Liberty Union fell to Logan Elm, 34-14. to And South Point lost to Fairland. Utica got shut out by Heath. I What I'm thinking is it's going to be, I think, the three teams that will really be there. I think Piketon. I think South Point. I think South Point can. Or what games they got left? Ah, uh, you know what it was, Carl. What? I accidentally hit week six. He does not have anything updated for week seven. So that's on yeah. Me. That'll do it. Um, I think. Well, okay. Here's the thing with. Let's look at South Point. South Point. They play Chesapeake, Portsmouth, and Galley Academy. Their last three games. They need to win two of those. I think they beat Chesapeake. I'm sure they beat Chesapeake. Can they beat Portsmouth? Who? South Point. No. I don't think so. I, I think it depends on that. But what I think it's very, very likely that we're going to have a winner-take-all game 10 or week 10 for Alexander and Megs. And that's something I would be very excited about. Uh, because looking at it, I mean, Utica's got to win. Utica's got to win out, um, according to uh, Drew Pastor. I think he, they got to win out. Uh, Columbus Academy now needs to win out. Liberty Union, I think, is the team that has the best shot. But they've got they've, they've got, got fair- tough games. They they're winnable games, but they're like. Tough games. Fairfield Union, not an easy win. Hamilton Township, not an easy win. Uh, and Circleville, they'll be underdogs in that game, too. Yeah. I, they're actually not at the moment, believe it or not. Well, Liberty Union's only wins are against teams that are winless. So, Well, no, but looking at what Drew Pastor thinks that uh, preliminarily, he's got him winning by eight. Against who? Over uh, Circleville. He's had Circleville low all year. It seems like Circleville covers like pretty much every week. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that's a bit interesting. But it hey, next week, big one in the MSL could be GG game of the week. Bloom Logan Elm. Ooh, yeah, that that is big. Logan Elm winning thirty four fourteen today. I yeah six and, six and one versus six and one. Yeah, well, we'll see. Who who Logan Elm, Logan Elm lost to? Who did they lose to? They Zane lost. Trace. Yeah. That's, that's not a, bad loss. That's a good Zane Trace team. Could be competitive. Pastor thinks they're going to get killed by Bloom Carroll, but we'll see. How much? 24. I'd, I, put, I, I'd put the spread at 18 and a half. I think it's a two-score game. I think it's a 15-point game. We'll see. Bloom's never really been challenged in the MSL for the past couple of years in a conference game. No, so. I mean, well, they've been that they've been that team though. I mean, they really have. You know, what have they had really to worry about? Yeah. So, especially with the MSL being a little bit weak, I, I'm still I'm still very surprised with that Miller score. I'm you impressed know, by that. Grove City Christian beat some uh, some weaker teams, and then they had they lost to a zero and four team. Uh, in week five. So I don't know. I wasn't stunned by Miller winning. 
it, it's it's not it's nice to see two win Miller. I I know somewhere down in Texas, our Army buddy Tim Hanna is very very happy. But you got that wrong. What? What team does Tim did Tim cover? I thought it was Miller. Miller's Port. Miller's Port. Jesus. Christ. <sighs> He's at it again. It, it's 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 yeah no not the best <laughs> not yeah, he, the best showing to, tonight. He went to Miller's Port Fedhawk. Ah, uh, I thought it was Miller. No. Mm. Another swing and miss for Carl tonight. <sighs> that's that's. Uh, I mean, I, I, yeah, you know what? I'm looking, I'm looking like Aaron Judge out there, I guess. Well, no, not even the guy, that. The guy leading the AL in batting average? No, the guy who's getting intentionally walked every single batter and making every single college football fan insanely mad every single time that happens because they keep cutting in. My entire Twitter feed is Tulane and Houston fans complaining about having to watch Aaron judge get intentionally walked, but eh, that's, that's the way that it is. And you know, I, I'm interested for next week, Nelsonville York versus Alexander Nelsonville York. Can they continue rolling? There's a lot more question marks going into that week nine matchup. And I think it's more for Vinton County than what it is for Nelsonville York. I think the Nelsonville York team we have right now is a Nelsonville York team. We're going to have, you just got to stay healthy. You have to stay healthy. That is the key. But for Vinton County, the real question is now, who steps up at quarterback? Is Mullahan going to be able to be back for week nine? I, you know, we don't know the severity of the injury. From the bits and pieces I've heard, it doesn't sound good. But... You don't know. You don't know. We'll find out probably sometime during the week. But who who steps up for Vinton County? Who steps up for Vinton County in the in his absence? Um, I mean, they do have a solid running game, but that takes a facet of the Vikings game out. So we'll have to see what Vinton County can do. Yep. Uh, you know, back to back Alexander games or uh, back to back NY games for your game of the week. First up, uh, NY versus Alexander week eight, and then NY versus VC week nine. But that's all the time we had. Thank, uh, thank you for staying with us. This has been Football Friday Night here on WXTQ.